Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. in prime time live from the circus sportsbook in downtown las vegas here is tim murray hour two of v sin prime time hello to all of you on the dk network for this hour that's jonathan von tobel i am tim murray we're live here in las vegas the site of super bowl 58 how's your roman numeral game strong is it yes don't test me but strong <laughs> i gotta take my word for it i'll say I this v x you're good actually no i think i'm pretty good actually test me i'm ready now ready yeah um i have to see it so here yeah give me one come on uh throw them out throw them out lv111 lv111 uh that would be 53 right no <laughs> 43. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> it's right on the board. It's right there. I don't know. What, which one is this? Uh, it's, uh, what are we at? Super Bowl 58. Oh, okay, yeah. That's right. V is V is 5. <laughs> that was 10. X is 10. So, not strong. Right, give me another one. Give me another one. <laughs> I said I'll warm up. All right, hold on. <laughs> Let me think here. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the rules, right? Because if you do one and um, how about, I'll give you an easy one. How about uh, XV? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, don't tell me, don't tell me. That's 15. There you go. There you go. There you go. (laughs) That's easy. (laughs) What about XL? XL, that's Super Bowl 40. Yeah, there yep. you go. Yeah, because the X takes away. Cause... Also because uh, Super Bowl 41, or XLI, was Indianapolis Colts taking out the Chicago Bears. So you remember that one? Huh? There you go. Uh, see, I just needed a warm-up. I'm a little, in. A little warm-up. All right. Um, fourth hour of the program, we'll do a full breakdown of uh, of Roman numerals. Um, C-X-Z-V-I-I-I. Tell me what that is. I have no idea. 198. I'm telling you, dude. Now I'm in. You're, now I know what I'm you're doing. You're warmed up. Yeah, now I'm warmed up, ready Missed to go. Miss one shot, but you're ready to rock and That's roll. Right. Uh, well, Super Bowl 58 will be here in Las Vegas. The uh, Allegiant Stadium coming coming alive. There's things being built outside of it. Uh, parties that probably I won't be invited to. Um, you're going to get the worst of me that week. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah? Because I don't care if I'm not invited. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, that's on I'll Sunday. Tell I don't you care. this right now. No, I'm talking about all the parties throughout the week. I'm in. Just gonna show up. Just show up. Trust me. Move on, Tobel. It's my city, baby. And drop a. Did you know who I am? Right. Got a middle school out there. Let's go. Do you? Oh yeah, Von Tobel Middle School. I did not know that. Yep. Home of one of the best junior high mariachi bands that are out there. That is a fact. Check it the, out. The things that you learn working with JVT. Uh, speaking of which, we have a uh, a poll question today that is uh, pretty simple. Over under Travis Kelsey. Receiving yards, 62 and a half is where it is currently set at. And uh, under is the early leader at 67%. Uh, 
on social media. So at VSIN Live is where we look. All right. We will continue to break down the championship weekend. But looking ahead, we have lines courtesy of DraftKings for the hypothetical Super Bowl matchups. The most likely matchup, based off of the odds and based off of my bet, so really wishing this does come home, Mm. is 49ers against the Ravens. And we just talked to Drew Dinsick last hour talking about how the market closed six and a half on Christmas Day. Now, the Ravens went out and won that game by two touchdowns. And it will be a neutral site. Niners minus one and a half was the latest line at DraftKings for a potential Niners-Ravens showdown, plus 102 for the Ravens. How would you look at this? Because we've talked about it a lot, and I tend to agree with you on the overreaction of markets uh, based off of games that we talked. The game that we broke down a lot, and we were on the right side of it, Cleveland-Houston. The line was three in favor of Cleveland when it wasn't C.J. Stroud, and it was two, two and a half when it was C.J. Stroud. You and I both landed on Houston, and we felt very smart about that. So when you look at 49ers-Ravens, some of the look-ahead lines of Super Bowl 58, in, in uh, a little over two weeks. Niners-Ravens, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I think you know, I'll echo what Drew was talking about here with this game. You were in San Francisco catching six and a half. And, I mean, again, home field in the National Football League is not worth that much. You would make it about one and a half, right, if we're going with that. Then we're talking about a five-point difference about there, four and a half on a neutral. And now here we are on a neutral, and a projected line is – uh, 49ers minus one and a half. So we've seen quite a bit of an upgrade here for Baltimore from a market rating standpoint. But they're, just because there's adjustments, right, doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong. And I would actually agree with the sentiment that there deserves to be an adjustment here for Baltimore. Like This is a very good team. This is a team that, as we know, has been covering numbers at a very high rate throughout this entire year and thus would be deserving of being one of the highest rated teams in the NFL, 12 and 6 against the spread at this point right now. Clearly an indicator that the market, despite the fact this has been a team that won 14 games, has been undervalued by nature. So I, I even look at one and a half, Tim, and I think that it's going to be Ravens for me or pass if that's the matchup. I, I, I think that outside of the market perception and ratings and all of those sort of things, I will go back to a point that I brought up with Baltimore multiple times that they get San Francisco again. It would effectively be the fourth time in six games that they face this style of offense, that they get their crack at the Shanahan offense, and they have had success in all outcomes the actual matchup with the 49ers the matchup with the Dolphins the matchup with the Texans this has been a team that has seen these principles now for a long time and has defended them at a very high level so if you get another crack at this thing with two weeks to get ready for an offense you've already had success with I think that there's matchups that really work in Baltimore's favor so if you give me chalk if it's 49ers and Ravens give me the underdog if we're talking about minus one and a half in favor of the 49ers and a plus price on the money line with Baltimore I completely agree Uh, we're going to take a quick uh, break from Super Bowl talk and conference championship me. talk because I thought we were up against it and I just blew through it or something. We have a we have breaking news. Ooh. Michigan has hired Sharon Moore. Oh. Not a surprise, but it is official. Adam Schefter first to report that Michigan will promote offensive coordinator Sharon Moore to the head coach vacancy left after Jim Harbaugh left to go to the Los Angeles Chargers. So Sharon Moore, as uh, as expected, as reported, will be the next head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. So that should, for now, officially close the door on the coaching carousel in the NFL. I'm sure some coordinators might get poached mm-hmm. for different roles, but we should be, for the most part, closed. So the three teams that went, three of the four teams, JVT, that went last year we'll have new head coaches Alabama Nick Saban retires also pretty poor boogie border apparently uh, they have hired Kalen DeBoer from Washington Washington went out and hired Jed Fish and Jim Harbaugh leaves for the Chargers and now according to uh, J- uh, Adam Schefter Michigan will promote offensive coordinator Sharon Moore to head coach um, we expected this to happen when the news became official early this week I was a little surprised it took this long, but I'm sure as a state school, maybe there was some red tape they needed to go through. But ultimately, uh, they're going to keep their guy in-house. Uh, any thoughts on the news here that Michigan has found their man to replace Jim Harbaugh 
And it's uh, the guy that filled in for him when he was suspended. Not particularly strong thoughts. I think that this is a good move, too, in that, one, we expected it, but it also it helps you retain personnel, right? You know, if you hire a new face that hasn't been around, then there's higher shots, just like we saw with Alabama and the mass exodus there, mm-hmm. that you lose a good chunk of the roster and guys that were expected to stick around. So for a guy who has been there and not only just been there, uh, but led them through a stretch of the schedule, which was somewhat difficult without Jim Harbaugh and everything that was going on, regardless of whether it was self-inflicted or not, right, he actually helped them and, and was undefeated in that stretches interim head coach and and then weeped at the unfortunate demise of Jim Harbaugh even though he's still alive this is for you right um, even though right so I think overall <laughs> it's the right move to make here I think yeah. like you said we expected it and it puts Michigan in position to avoid what could be a massive um, you know exodus of players much like Alabama went through. yeah and and look they're already losing a bunch uh, for exhausted yep. uh, eligibility or going to the pros whatnot uh, but no I agree and uh, we'll see how the staff Shakes out. I, I fully anticipate Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator, to go along with Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL. Remember, Minter was uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, went to Vanderbilt, and uh, and then with Michigan, was very successful there as a defensive coordinator. I expected him to get interest from the NFL even before Harbaugh decided to go back to the NFL rank. So the how the the uh, the staff shakes down, we will see, but uh, not, a, not a big surprise. But the officialness is now here that Sharon Moore is going to be the next head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, has been on that staff, I believe, since 2018. And uh, so I imagine most folks in Michigan are, are pretty excited uh, by this decision to promote from within. So a little breaking news here on this Friday evening as Sharon Moore uh, will be the next head coach of the Michigan Wolverines uh, as he takes over for Jim Harbaugh, who, of course, left for the Los Angeles Chargers. So Moore, uh, 37 years old, and uh, he will be a uh, first-time full-time head coach and uh, did join the Michigan staff back in 2018 and has worked his way up now to the full-time head coach. All right, back to the NFL, by the way, coming up here in, uh, in just a little bit. Uh, We will be headed to Kansas City and talk to Soren Petro uh, to get the latest on the Kansas City Chiefs. Adam Levitan breaking down the prop angles for this weekend at the bottom of the hour. Before we hit a break, 49ers Chiefs, because we're going to be talking to uh, Mr. Petro here. The look-ahead line, courtesy of DraftKings, is 49ers minus 2.5. I would anticipate this to be bet up if this were to be the matchup? This is simple. Easy here. If the Chiefs pull this off and win the AFC Championship game, I'm in. I don't care. He's the man. He's the best quarterback ever. (laughs) They're going to win every single playoff game ever. It doesn't really matter. So if they're in the Super Bowl, I'm on. Well, I'll have a future alive. I don't care. It's Patrick Mahomes or nothing. I I wouldn't believe it if he pulled it off. (laughs) Well, do you have a Ravens future too? No. You going to hedge off? A little bit, yeah. Because I think they do lose. I was going to say, I hope that your future doesn't come on, but that's not nice. But I also want my bets to come on. Well, we head to Kansas City. Will they pull off the upset Sunday in Baltimore? Soren Petro will join us here on v Primetime. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to 
do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash VSIN, you'll get four free air chilled boneless chicken breasts and Four free, rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Once again, omahasteaks.com slash V-S-I-N. What are, you, what are you wowing about? I mean, we got, uh, we got gymnastics on here. It's an SEC matchup. Number eight, Florida, potentially taking <laughs> down number six, Alabama. And I don't know what this girl just did, but it looked like she nailed it. And then the crowd went crazy. So I assume that I nailed it, that she nailed it. So what a moment. No doubt. Concur. All right. Well, there's no easy way to transition off of uh, gymnastics analysis, but uh, here we are, and we're going to do it. Uh, Seren Petro joins us right now, Sports Radio 810, out there in Kansas City. And uh, I'm sure you've talked about it all week, but Patrick Mahomes, an underdog again, has thrived in this role, 9-1, and 9-1-1 ATS, 8-3 and three straight up. Seren, as you look at this game and as you've broken it down every which way, How do the Kansas City Chiefs pull an upset for a second consecutive week and make it to yet another Super Bowl? Well, I think it begins with them playing their very first clean football game of the season because they haven't done it all year. Um, You know, they've been really a sloppy team. And whether that's a Super Bowl hangover or, hey, they knew their season would be defined by games like this one and maybe this being the first one, that would define them, whether it's a, a team that's worn out from playing all the postseason games, whether it's Creed Humphrey with some sloppy snaps, whether it's all the drops from Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, uh, penalties from their tackles. Juwan Taylor leads the league in offensive penalties. You know, they, they've been a sloppy football team throughout the year. In fact, even against the Bills, you know, McCole Hardman fumbles the football through the end zone. Uh, they, they stop a fake punt, and they only have 10 guys on the field when they do it. So, I mean, Congratulations. I, I assume it would have been even better if you had 11 on the field, but they can't even get the right number of people uh, on the field at times. So it's been a, a year where they make a lot of mistakes that you know they've shot themselves in the foot, and it's cost them a lot of games uh, along the way. But they are playing cleaner and cleaner since their Bengals game about week 14, 15, somewhere in that range. They kind of simplified some things. They got more efficient in getting plays in, and they've started to be a sharper team. But like I said, even last week against the Bills, they had some sloppy plays, and they can't have that. And then I think they need to be plus in the uh, turnover margin, which, look, plus 12 for the Ravens, one of the best teams in football, minus 11 for the Chiefs, one of the worst teams in football. They'll be out of character if they can play a, a positive turnover differential, doing it against one of the teams that's one of the better ones. So, uh, you know, I think they need to play, simply put, the best game they've played all year. 
So uh, Patrick Mahomes, career-high pressure rate, just by a percentage point, it's a 35.4 for him so far this year in terms of pressures on dropbacks. And no Joe Tooney this weekend. How big is that loss for him along the offensive line? Yeah, I think it's big. I think it's really big in, in the passing game because Joe Tooney's uh, the best pass-blocking guard in football. Nick Allegretti will do a good job, maybe maybe even slightly better job in the run game. He's a big, he's a bigger uh, guard, a very physical player. He was a high school wrestler and understands leverage and those kind of things. So they'll be fine when they hand the ball to Isaiah Pacheco, but they're going to miss him in the passing game. And, I, and look, I think that that's accurate. Their tackles, Orlando Brown wasn't great, but Donovan Smith hasn't been quite as good or maybe has been the same. Juwan Taylor, frankly, surprisingly, uh, wasn't as good. Uh, you know, at right tackle is what they got last year. And I, and I think that shocked a lot of people, although he's much more athletic and has the ability. That's really where their problem has been is on the edges. And so I don't know that the Ravens have, you know, the best edge rushers, right? It's certainly better than what they faced with banged up uh, Buffalo and Miami teams, but up the middle, they're pretty good. Even still with Nick Allegretti, Creed Humphrey's great at center when, you know, once the snapping part of the equation is done, uh, you know, Trey Smith is outstanding at right guard. So I think they match up better than it might look. And I think some of that pressure rate is because Patrick Mahomes is holding the ball because there's receivers he doesn't trust, guys he doesn't want to throw it to. Travis Kelsey maybe was a little bit banged up. He injured his knee right before week one, missed the first game, the opener against the Lions. And I'm not sure when he got healthy. I think he's healthy now. But So I think there are more factors than just the offensive line that contributes to it. But you're right, Joe Tooney is a great pass-blocking guard, and they're going to feel that effect. You mentioned Pacheco, so there's no danger of him missing out this weekend? I don't think so. I mean, I said today on my show, am I concerned that they're calling him questionable? Yes, I am, that it's not down to probable now. But he was at the podium on Wednesday. They usually don't put guys up there that aren't going to play. He said he was going to play, acted like, and he's you know, still a young player. He's not you know, Captain Smooth with the media. He's not bad with the media, but you, know, you, don't, you don't have to try to read between the lines with him. He's pretty blunt and direct, and he didn't hesitate for a second when asked if he was going to play. He said, absolutely, I'll be ready to go. Seren Petro joining us here on VSIN Primetime Sports Radio 810 out there in Kansas City. So, Travis Kelsey, outside of, you know, who is uh, in a relationship with and what he does on a podcast, uh, he's a pretty good football player. And last week we saw five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns against Miami, seven catches, 71 yards, no touchdowns there. And it feels like, to your point, I don't know when he got healthy, but he seems to have gotten healthy right now and also I think the trust factor with Patrick Mahomes and him uh, leads to him having big games but on the flip side Sarin you look at Kyle Hamilton you look at the the linebackers that uh, Baltimore have they're pretty darn good what do you expect from Kelsey on Sunday afternoon right now the prop market looking at 62 and a half receiving yards five and a half receptions what's your expectation for Kelsey on Sunday yeah, I, I, I wish I had a stronger feel about that. I'll, I'll say this, you know, I do think he's healthy. I do think, you know, sitting out the final game uh, to get his legs a little bit springier has been a big part of this equation. And that wasn't nothing, right? Because he was 16 yards away from his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season. So, you know, he made a bit of a personal statistical sacrifice where Chris Jones played to get one more sack and a million and a quarter bonus. Uh, Travis Kelsey sat it out when he had, you know, it's just an unbelievable streak that he could have kept going. But he said, nope, I need the rest. I, I got to get healthy. And I think that's helped. Now he's played two more games, so he's probably a little more banged up now. And I think the other thing is Rushy Rice, the emergence of Rice really fitting into the offense. And maybe the Chiefs, you know, I think there's – Matt Nagy and, and Andy Reid may have spent the first three quarters of the year trying to get all their young receivers to play the way they want to play. And over the last quarter of the season, I think they started calling the offense the way their receivers can play. Rice continued to grow. I don't know that any of the other young receivers did. And I think his emergence, I think we saw for the first time, Buffalo was the first team that said, our number one priority is to take away Rashi Rice. And I think Travis Kelsey made him pay, right? The two touchdowns were big. Uh, Patrick Mahomes missed him on a couple of other throws, one of them in the end zone. And so I think it could have been an even bigger day. Kelsey played well enough that maybe have a hundred yard day, have three touchdowns. Uh, and they just didn't connect on a couple of them. So he's playing very well. But your point about the personnel that they have is spot on. If Marlon Humphreys is healthy, they can put him on Rushy Rice and still have Kyle Hamilton, who's one of the best coverage safeties. He's really a hybrid. And, and he, they, can, they can afford to put him on Travis Kelsey. And they can afford to maybe just play you know, six against the run and five against the pass and really you know, uh, put the Chiefs in a spot. I don't think the Chiefs can win 
if they don't have somebody step up the way Marquez Valdez-Scantling did with a couple of big catches and 60-plus yards last week, whether it's Valdez-Scantling, whether it's McCole Hardman, whether it's Justin Watson, one of those guys is going to have to have two or three catches, a couple of them for big gains, chunk plays uh, for the Chiefs to win because the Ravens do have a lot of answers. That or Andy Reid's going to have something on the shelf that he's been saving uh, for, for this game that they haven't shown yet that he's going to be able to shake those guys loose because this is without a doubt the best defense that they're going up against. So Ryan, a statistically poor run defense, at least that's what the numbers would tell us about Kansas City. Can they get off the field here against this Baltimore run game? Yeah, and I think that's accurate. It's the weakest part of their game, but they're they're weak in the run because they put everything into stopping the pass. I think yeah. they believe the analytics of you throw to win and you run when you're winning. Um, I think they'll have something. I think Steve Spagnuolo is always very multiple in what he does. I think some downs they'll be throwing everything at the run. Some downs they'll be willing to give up six, seven, eight yards to make sure that they don't give up the big play. Uh, I, I think the question is, do they really go after Lamar Jackson or, or do they play it soft and say, we're going to win a battle of field goals? I think that depends on how confident they are on their offense. And their defense will be helped if their offense can stay on the field. That's true of everyone. I'm not splitting an atom here. But I think in this game, you know, the Chiefs have had some great defensive performances for three and a half quarters. And finally, that defense just wears down. The Raider game was one of those games where they were just finally spent. So I think the defense will be a lot more effective if they don't have to play 80, 85 plays and if the offense can give them a rest. Sarin, before we let you run, we got about 30 seconds. How do you see Sunday playing out? Will you be hanging with us here in Vegas with the Chiefs in two weeks? Uh, I'll be there for the Super Bowl. I don't know that I'll be there with the Chiefs. Listen, <laughs> I'll bet the Chiefs because I auto bet anytime Patrick Mahomes is the oh. dog. Uh, but my prediction on the game is 24-17 Ravens. I, I think they've just got too much for the Chiefs. I just remember being mocked, chided. About three weeks ago, about the Kansas City Chiefs surrounding. Now, here we are. <laughs> Serene, great, great stuff, man. We appreciate it as always. Enjoy the game. See you, man. Hey, always my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Sports Radio 810 out there in Kansas City. 24 17. There's no belief in Kansas City. I think that's kind of the sentiment, actually. They would know. Yep. They would know. All right, from a prop perspective. Please vote in our poll, by the way, at VSIN Live. Will Travis Kelsey go over or under? Adam Levitan will help us break down the other props next. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up for a VSIN Pro annual subscription. Get your first year for only $199. Just use the promo code PRIME. Get access to everything on our brand new VSIN.com website. That includes our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has the hot hand. They put the flame emoji next to that. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. Betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember, use the promo code PRIME. Get your first year of VSIN Pro access for only $199. Sign up today, vsin.com slash prime. Before we get to our guest, JVT has the Suns tonight minus, what, four and a half? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm totally watching. Yep, 32 uh, to 27, 150 and rolling in the first. I've got the Suns minus four and a half here. How many does Devin Booker have in the first quarter? Devin Booker has 23 in the first (laughs) quarter. His point total prop was 27 and a half. So uh, (laughs) I think Devin Booker might be going over his point total prop tonight. Yeah, it was uh, was like Monday night if you had Joel Embiid uh, going over his player prop of uh, 34 and a half. That one uh, cashed with ease. Well, speaking of of player props establish the run great website if you're looking to check in on how to attack the prop market adam levitan is the co-founder of it and he joins us right now adam great stuff uh, always uh, always love having you on and uh, i want to start with uh, the discussion we had early on in the show i don't think it's a bet that you have but i'm just curious what your numbers are because what he's done lately has been surpassing the expectations in the market that's travis kelsey 71 against the Dolphins, 75 uh, last week against the Bills. Number set at 62 and a half, but as JVT and I have talked about, you look at Kyle Hamilton, you look at the linebackers that the Ravens have, what do you expect from Kelsey, and do you? what do your numbers ultimately come out for Travis Kelsey come Sunday? 
Yeah, on median, we have Travis Kelsey six catches for 59.0 yards. So we're showing a, a small, small under there versus the market. I see a lot of lines at 63 and a half, 62 and a half. Wouldn't be a bet for me either way on Kelsey. I think Kyle Hamilton's, they're going to try to let him see a lot of Rasheed Rice. I mean, to me, Rasheed Rice is the more dangerous player, pass catcher for the Chiefs. Rasheed Rice plays roughly half his snaps in the slot. And so when Rasheed Rice does go into the slot, I think we'll see Kyle Hamilton on him there. And that's a difficult matchup. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, you could make a case, is the best slot corner in the league. Kelsey, yeah, I thought he looked really good last week. He's looked bad in a lot of games this year. So I'm trying to take more of a, a zoomed out view on Kelsey here in a very difficult matchup against the Ravens. In terms of Pacheco, you know, it sounds he's questionable, but it sounds like he's going to play here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's a pretty solid front seven that plays the run particularly well for Baltimore. What's your expectation for Pacheco rushing total yardage? Because uh, I think it's what he's had about 90 yards in each of the last two games and playing pretty well. Yeah, so it, it's tough, you know, like obviously a lot of doing props now, it gets thinner and you start to have to be able to project games better. And okay. so the likeliest game script based on the line and the total in this game is not a huge carry game for Isaiah Pacheco, we have him here for 13, I'm um, sorry, 15 carries as a median. I think the line there is like 13 and a half juice to the over minus 130 or so. We have Pacheco 56 yards on a median. I think he's banged up, but is going to play his full role. I mean, he's so much better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's the AFC championship game. I would be shocked if Pacheco does not play his normal role. And so we haven't projected at like 96, 97% of what we would normally if he was fully healthy. You mentioned that, you know, it gets a little bit tighter, right? There's only two games now. You got to project a little bit better on your end. Uh, so how does that affect your process in terms of deciding plays? Like, does an edge have to be larger for you to want to get involved with some of these? What's your process like now that the market's so tight? Yeah, just fewer bets. I yep. mean, you know, no one wants to hear it. Everybody wants bets. But when there's only two <laughs> you games. 20? Come on. Come on, Adam. We want <laughs> fire away. Come on. <laughs> I know. What we do have, though, is way more alt markets. And so yep. we've been looking really hard at all kinds of things. You know, odds for a quarterback to throw for 300. Uh, uh, odds to lead the slate in rushing, receiving, passing. Odds to lead each game. Head-to-head -head matchups are everywhere now. You can bet all kinds of head-to-head -head matchups in terms of yards. So with these games, I think there's less in the straight prop market, but there's way more in the alt prop market. Well, let's get to some of those alt props. And I know you've bet a couple of these. The market has moved. And that, and look, that's the tricky part. And we recognize that it's a Friday before the game, right? So, you know, you even look at spreads and totals, Adam. They have moved in the in the prop market, moved so very, very quickly. So I want to get to Zay Flowers, someone that intrigues you this week. I don't know if the number has been sucked away. But for you, you looked early in the week at, at Zay Flowers to have a big game. So what do you guys project from Zay Flowers? And what do you think? think is uh, something maybe to uh, look at in that prop market for flowers. Yeah. So we're able to price all the markets now. So odds to lead the slate in receiving, we make Zay flowers around 1700 to one. There was some 2,500 to one out there on Zay flowers. So that was a bet for us. And we're also a little bit higher than market on Lamar passing here versus rushing. I think the market assumes that this is going to be another Lamar hundred yard rushing game. And while I think that's possible, I think more likely, or you can get paid off better on Lamar passing stuff. And so, you know, 25 to one on Zay Flowers, you guys are just so talented to lead the slate in rushing. Uh, I thought was good there. Like, all right. So overall, when you're looking at this, is there a bet that is at the top of your list for you guys that you've made in terms of a player prop for the AFC championship game? <sighs> for the AFC championship game. Yeah, there's nothing that is great. There's definitely nothing great that is still out there. Yeah. I, uh, there was a uh, nine to one on Gus Edwards to lead that game in rushing yards. And again, the market is very slanted towards Lamar lead, Lamar big rushing days. If you're willing to bet against that, and we do have a little bit of Lamar rush stuff in this game, but if you're willing to bet against that, there's some huge prices on other guys, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill to lead and be big rushers in this game. So yeah, a contrarian take there, I think, would be less on Lamar, more on the other Ravens running backs. What do you guys price out Adam Levitan, established the run at Adam Levitan on Twitter? Because this has been a name that's been pretty popular, I think, uh, at least here on this network uh, today, was Justice Hill. So 
right now I'm looking at DraftKings and it's at 33 and a half. I know that's been bet up a little bit. What do you guys make the number on Justice Hill from the Ravens? Yeah, you know, people think that we just have like some bot or there's some algorithm that just spits all this stuff out. We have spent four hours at least this week debating what our split should be between Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. And it's so difficult yeah. because the last few games, Justice Hill has, I think, played better than Gus Edwards. He's closed the gap last week in the first three quarters. Carries were Gus Edwards nine, Justice Hill seven. I think it's going to be a pretty hot, handy approach again. We have it projected a little bit wider than it was last week, around 10 and a half to seven or so in favor of Gus in terms of carries. I feel like Justice is kind of a, a public guy now, mm -hmm. and so I don't love steaming into that. But yeah, I think he's better than Gus, you know, and I, I think the Ravens kind of see that now. So yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Like I said, what do we have for uh, Justice rushing yards you asked about? Uh, Justice rushing yards, we have 27.0 median, 32.8 mean. Looks like the line is around 33 and a half right now. So that would be a pass for us as well, or even an under. All right, I want to get to one that's uh, that's pretty creative, and, and that's the thing. As we get further and further along, right, Adam, you know, we get more and more prop offerings. So a lot of talk this week, especially with the questions about Debo Samuel, we know he is in, uh, that has been, you know, officially announced, was, okay, now Brandon Ayuk's going to eat, right? He's going to have a huge game. So you've kind of gone against that. And one unique market that you've looked at is Sam Laporta versus Brandon Ayuk. So what led you to this uh, this bet? Yeah, so this was one that was before the Debo news broke. And by the way, you know, for people that are looking to just pick stuff off, I mean, there was a bunch of stale Debo stuff out there when it was announced that he wasn't even on the final injury report. I mean, you know, his total for receiving yards at 39 and a half. We have him, if he's healthy, around 52, 53 yards as a mean there for Debo. So, yeah, that was a spot that I think was worth attacking if you were on it. The Ayuk stuff is tough. This is an awesome matchup for Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, with Debo and Kittle and CMC there, you have target share concerns for Brandon Ayuk, and you also have concerns about the way Brock Purdy has played lately. But, man, you couldn't draw up a much better spot here for Brandon Ayuk. That said, the market is outrageous on Ayuk, especially when everybody thought Debo was going to be out or limited. Sam Laporta, tough matchup also for him, but he's just so good in the volume for Sam Laporta. I mean, once you start projecting guys for 8, 9, 10 targets, when you run that through the sim, it's like, you know, you can have these huge yardage games also. So to get, I think we got plus 255 or so on that Laporta to have more receiving yards than Ayuk. Those are definitely markets where there's edges, way bigger edges than there is in normal prop markets right now. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam Levitan. Establish the run is the website. It's going to be a good one, uh, especially when that Super Bowl matchup is announced and they'll be attacking all the props that are out there. Adam, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, good luck, guys. There he is, Adam Levitan, breaking down the prop market. JVT, you just tweeted, Devin Booker had 29 points in the first quarter. He went over his player prop in the first quarter. How about this really quickly? Devin Booker now has the most 20-point quarters in the NBA this season. All four of them have come in the last eight days. <laughs> Suns leading right now by 12 over the Indiana Pacers. It's V-CIN primetime. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code VSIN, that's V S I N, only. On DraftKings Sportsbook. Once again, that code VSIN, V S I N, the crown. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, I am Tim Murray. JVT watching his beloved Clippers, who uh, he bet against tonight. No, hey. just under. Oh, under. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, tomorrow, mm, doggy. What we got? Clippers. What we got? On the road against Boston. What should that line be? Uh, I think it should be Celtics minus. mm, Okay, logically, it should be Celtics minus. Like, um, they have a very strong home court. I think these two teams are near equals. I think the line will open up minus three and a half. I made it about two and a half. Can I I tell you a secret? Mm. Is it up? I didn't look yet. What is it? Six. Okay. Official play? Yeah, so let's go ahead and put that in. DraftKings has posted Boston 6. Yeah. So and here's the thing. We've seen this before already. Uh, actually, I'll take it back to last Friday, I think it was, right? We were here. What were we watching? We were watching Denver on the road against Boston. Market bet it like they knew what happened. Bet it all the way up to 7, 7.5 in some spots. Nuggets go in there, win the game outright. Celtics are a very respected home team. Again, they are like 21-1 and one straight up or whatever it is at home. Uh, clearly coming off of a beatdown that they handed out to the Miami Heat. Very highly rated team. This is the big litmus test for the Los Angeles Clippers, a team I believe should be power rated on the same uh, level as Boston, thus the three and a half, because uh, home court's been worth about two and a half so far in this, in this uh, season. So strong home court, give them three and a half, but six, barring anything, uh, I think the market's assuming rest. I don't think it's the case. Kawhi and Paul, uh, Paul George have played through back-to-backs all season long, so I think that'll come down. All right, there you go. Uh, we got a uh, play for tomorrow. Celtics or Clippers catching six at the Boston Celtics. Should be a fun one tomorrow night. Uh, yes, a preview of the article at vcin.com. Every day, seven days a week, it's up. Beautiful. Love it. All right. Uh, we'll get uh, maybe a little bit later on in the show, maybe hour three. Uh, we'll hit on a couple college hoop spots for Saturday. Uh, I am scheduled to join the one and only Matt Humans tonight at 1130 Eastern. So we will certainly talk some college hoops there. If you missed it, breaking news today, not that big of a surprise, but it is official. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines will promote Sharon Moore to their head coaching position, the offensive coordinator who filled in for Jim Harbaugh the last three games of the season against uh, Penn State, Maryland, 
in Ohio State. He is the new man in Ann Arbor. And Pete Thamel just tweeted, it is a five-year deal starting at $5.5 million per year. All right, back to the uh, the big news uh, regarding the championship games today. Some uh, determinations from an injury standpoint. We'll start in the AFC Championship. Joe Tooney, out left guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. That is the biggest injury news of that game. And how about this, JVT? As we've sat here, broken this game down, discussed it each and every which way, this game started once upon a time three. Went to three and a half very quickly. Four. What, a couple days ago went to four? Circa just went to four and a half. That makes sense. I, look, I just... Given the given the absence of Tooney, given all of the matchups that go in favor of the Baltimore Ravens here in this game, I think that they are a team that is rated higher than Kansas City. They deserve to be. And I think that this number, I think, should continue to – I think four and a half is probably the highest you're going to get here. Uh, now, does a close there is going to be a real question. I think four and a half, four is probably the range of closing numbers that we're going to see. But I think it just makes a lot of sense. There's already a lot of, I think, matchups on the field that work in Baltimore's favor. Now you eliminate one of the better interior linemen for this team that's not going to be out there. And then all of a sudden, uh, this, I think, opens up to a world where Patrick Mahomes, who's currently experiencing his highest pressure rate of his career so far, now without one of his best offensive linemen, if not his best offensive linemen, that's going to be, I think, a problem for him. I'm trying to find what's the biggest Mahomes has been underdog-wise. I know that he has been... Uh, it looks like Evan Abrams, I think, wrote this article. I think he's been bigger than this. I, I don't think he's been bigger than this. I think this but Mahomes has been a dog of at least four points just twice right. in his career. The first came in his third start against the Steelers. Four-and-a-half-point dog, won that game 42-37. to 37. Later that season, four-point dog against the Patriots. They did not win, but they covered that game. So... This is, if it touches five, it'll be the biggest spread he's ever faced yeah. as a starter. Um, but I think that's telling you something about this Baltimore team. And, you know, I, I want to surface resurface back to you talking to Seren Petro from Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. And you said when you went on, was it, did you go on his show or did he come on your uh, local out, show? Out here on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah. And you said you took a future on them and he laughed at you. So yeah. clearly the Kansas City folks are not buying in, or at least weren't. Now, today might be different considering that they've, you know, beaten the Dolphins and Bills in back-to-back -back games, and here they are in the AFC Championship for a sixth consecutive year. But to think about that, that they have not believed in this team majority of this year. Yeah, and I think it's, it's pretty fair to kind of understand, right, when you're talking about the way this team had been playing. And I still think it's very fair to question what we've seen over the last two games. I agree. I, right, you know, a Miami Dolphins team that was missing its starting corner, a thousand edge rushers were gone, so they had to sign dudes off of the street playing in an ice bowl. Right, you, you take advantage of that. Good for you. At Which, least by you the, the way, they could and they couldn't finish inside the red zone, right? They, Correct. Harrison Bucker kicked four field goals in that game. Yep, and then I think last week, if, if you're playing devil's advocate, I actually think last week was a good sign because, yes, it was a beat-up Bills defense, but you went in there, you averaged 7.7 .7 yards per play. You finished drives. You had explosive plays. That catch to market or that throw to Marcus Valdez-Scantling to start the third quarter, uh, the first since week five in terms of throws, 20 more yards downfield in tight windows, according to next-gen stats. Like, you looked every bit of the team that you could potentially be. Kelsey looked alive. So I think that there is a little bit something to that, but – this is by far the healthiest, most complete opponent, obviously, that you have faced in the postseason up to this point. And this is a different animal going into Baltimore, a team that is well-rested, having only played the single playoff game and getting ready for you in a matchup that they already have a lot of advantages. And so, like, going back, I think it's understandable if you didn't really buy into the whole Kansas City thing. And I think it's fair still to this point if you don't really buy into the returns you've seen through the first two play uh, playoff games. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you made about looking at last week and if you want to buy into the chiefs and just throw your arms up like you said if they win this game oh, man. like you, you just that's gonna be my analysis on every show it's just it's patrick mahomes <laughs> and, and and you know what honestly i'll be like I, you can't can't deny it <laughs> right. i mean he he will have been what uh nine and three straight up as and an under one and one against the spread ten, one and if one he, against yeah, the spread this game out six right. and yeah. oh as a as an underdog of uh of three or more so 
I think that's a really good point, though, about the Buffalo game because I'm with you, right? I, I think you could chalk Miami up, too. I thought Miami, as the season went on, actually pretty much the whole season, you're like, okay, did you beat anyone good? All right, you beat Dallas on a game-winning field goal. Outside of that, what do you got? And it kind of proved out. Yep. Now, the Buffalo game, Kelsey, five catches, 75 yards, finds the end zone twice. Marquez Valdez-Scantling actually makes a catch. Uh, contested catch. Rasheed Rice has more targets. Patrick Mahomes continues to be uh, really strong. So that all being said, I mean, I think offensively, what we haven't talked about a ton is, is Baltimore offensively and, and just how well this is, is rolling. We just talked to Adam Levitan talking about Zay Flowers and how he expects him to have a big game, a market at DraftKings that I believe went from 25 to 1 down to 15 to 1 for him to lead the weekend in receiving yards you have the return of mark andrews isaiah likely has stepped up i mean offensively jvt when you look at what baltimore's cooking with kansas city's defense is is the real deal but baltimore's defense or offense oh by the way is led by the mvp of the league mm -hmm. well and it's the real deal to an extent right but as we've talked about a couple of times now you look at some of the metrics in terms of defending the run and as seren told us this has been their weaknesses and and I think he brings up a fair point, which is to a certain extent, like is it below average? Yes, but it's below average also partly due to scheme because you're you're essentially inviting the run to protect against the pass. And we've seen other schemes do that in the past. Brandon Staley's did that for a while when it was successful. Um, but there's a difference, and we saw this all the time with Staley, right? People would say, well, he's inviting the run. Well, you can invite the run so much, but when you end up 25th or 26th, that's more than just inviting the run. You're not a good run defense. And I, I think that's the latter. Like, I don't think Kansas City's a good run defense. And now you have to match up with this, a two-headed monster, whoever's going to be the running back with Lamar Jackson, having to contain that with a run defense that is not graded out very well in any different metric you want to use. All right, that's going to do it for us on DraftKings Network. Oh, I'm excited. I was like, beer? We're done? No, uh, no, we still have another hour to get into. We'll go behind the counter get the latest from behind the counter who will the book need come sunday evening we'll get the latest from there by the way devin booker only two points in the second quarter what a bump so that's 31 for the game go ahead and cash your over tickets it's freddie prince jr and jeff died back in the ring wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season hey jeff are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.